Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Last week, I shared just a little bit um, about kind of what's been going on in my life over the past. It's actually been about six months or longer, actually, now. Man, this thing's. Sometimes time flies, sometimes it seems like it goes so slow, and maybe it's just depending on what you're thinking about, but, uh, you know, that my car was stolen, I won't go through the whole story, last October, and, uh, you know, wasn't ever recovered, and then I was driving uh, a, a pickup truck that was handed down from Tori's grandpa um, for a while, just kind of waiting, and felt like God just, like, saying, just wait. And then that pickup truck was stolen um, a couple of weeks ago, right before we took Miles uh, to college. And, and I'm like, man, this is tough. Like, what is going on? Like, how, like God, you, you told me to wait. You're ch- saying like, hey, just, just wait a little bit. Wait on me. See what I do. And so through this situation, it's really interesting. And God's just been speaking some stuff to me. And he's asking me a few things. He's like, are you going to be willing to trust me and just, and just wait on me to see how I restore what has been stolen? And I don't know how God's going to do that. You know, and, and God is providing in the season. You know, I'm borrowing a car when I need it. We have another car, although Tori's probably not super happy about it because sometimes she's without a car when I'm like, hey, I got to use it and all that kind of stuff. And then I can borrow, you know, a car. And you're like, why? I just go out. And, and there's not a problem with just going out to buy a car. I've said that before. Like, it's, it's not like that's the issue. The thing is, is that God is just asking me to like, hey, just wait on it. See what I do. Just, just wait. And how long are you willing to wait? And I'm like, God, I mean, I'll wait however long, but please don't make it that long. Like, I mean, come on. Like, just wait a little bit, but, but somehow restore that you know, that, that, was, that was stolen. And, and so there's a story in the Bible that, that seems um, a little bit similar to this story, and it's, it's in the Old Testament. It's the story of Joseph, and I know, like, we all learn some of these Bible stories, even from when we're, like, little, little bitty kids, you know, and the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors, and he's blessed, and, you know, his, his father is, like, favoring him over the other brothers, and, and, and he's doing well until he's not doing well. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about that and, and try to get like that whole story into this message. So if you bear with me, I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. So in Genesis 37, we have the story of Joseph, Joseph, it starts out where he's it's talking about how he's like 17 years old. He's the baby brother. He's the youngest, and he's the favorite of the dad, which doesn't work out really well. You know, isn't it? Usually the babies are the favorite. Why is that? Is it? I don't even understand. Maybe it's because I'm a middle child, and I'm a little bit resentful because, you know, there's the oldest, and there's the youngest, and then the middle child, they just get forgotten, Right? Anybody else? Anybody else a middle child? Anyway, that's, that's another story. What? Thank you. <laughs> so Joseph's the favorite, and his brothers are not liking him at all. They actually hated him. And then comes this moment where God gives Joseph this dream, and he has this 
pretty awesome dream. And he's super excited about it, right? And, and of course, he wants to tell everybody. So he's like, hey, listen, I want to tell you my dream, which didn't really work out so well. In Genesis 37, 5, it says, now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. I mean, that's awesome, right? Like, he, he's the baby, and he's not really well liked by his brothers anyways, and then God gives him this dream, and his brothers hated him more. So things aren't really looking that great. In the dream, Joseph sees that he is actually ruling over, or his family is bowing down to him. Or actually what it says is like the bundle that he's gathered, the, you know, when it says sheaves, it's like a bundle of crop. And so this bundle of crop, he's dreaming, and his bundle is, is there in the middle, and it's bigger than everybody else's. And then his family's bundles are all around, and they start bowing down to his bundle, and it's larger. And he's like, look, isn't this dream amazing? And his brother's like, what? Why, why would we think that's a, what? You think we're going to bow down to you, little baby brother, little favorite that gets everything? like, what are you thinking? He tells his dad, and his dad's like, you think I'm going to bow down? You know, things aren't really going that well. And so all of a sudden, this dream that God has given him, God-given dream, becomes even something that causes tension in his family. So his brothers are hating him. They're planning, scheming against him. And when I'm, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about, see, God has a plan for us. God's given you maybe even a dream. Maybe he's given you a glimpse of, of what that thing is and kind of showing you something that is for the future or something that he wants for you to do. Or maybe like Joseph, it's like it's just something of like, okay, I've got great things for you. Joseph didn't really know what it meant at the time. But I'm going to use you. So, are we going to be okay? Are, are we going to be faithful? Are we going to trust God in the maybe 20 years that it takes, in the ups and downs, in the, in, in the peaks and the valleys, in all the different situations that we go through, in the time that it takes us to get to this point that God has maybe given us a glimpse of, maybe he really hasn't, but he said, I do have a plan for you. Are you going to walk faithfully? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to follow me? Are you going to wait for when I take and, and I bless you, when I bring this, this thing that I've called you to up into the forefront and up into view for everybody to see? Are you going to be faithful? Are you going to be about it? Are you going to be about my business even in the hard times? Are you going to be about my business even when it doesn't really look so good? Are you going to trust me in those seasons? And in verse 18, it says, Now, when they saw him afar off, his brothers are out there. His dad says, Hey, why don't you go out and check on your brothers? Like, dad, come on. Like, these guys don't like me. What are you, like, come on. But he says, Go out and check on your brothers and give me a report. In verse 18, it says, now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near, they conspired against him to kill him. 
So his brothers now turn their hatred into like, hey, let's just murder him. Let's just get rid of him. He's such a, a bother and, a, and an annoyance, and, and he's just this favorite. Maybe if we get rid of the favorite, things will work out for us. And so they're conspiring this stuff against him, but his brother Reuben comes, and he's like, hey, let's not do that. That's a little harsh. Maybe you're going a little bit too far in saying let's kill him. Maybe we should just, like, throw him in a pit or something. Maybe we'll just, like, you know, do something not so harsh as killing him. So here's the first moment where, like, I, I see God moving. Do we see God moving even in the valley? Do we see the hand of God even in this moment in the story? Now, of course, like, if you're Joseph, you probably don't see it in the moment. But that's what's amazing about us being able to look at these Bible stories and see what happened to them and how God used the whole situation, right? But I'm thinking about in my life, can I see? Like when somebody steals my truck, the hand of God in that. I don't, I mean right now I don't really know, but I can say, God, I trust that your hand is on this and that you have a plan and that you will restore And can we believe that God would use the ungodly to bring about his purposes in the world? Like, can, can we see, can we actually imagine that God uses those that aren't actually even following him, those that are doing actually something that's sinful, but that he could use them even far away from him, but he could use them to actually bring about his purposes and his plan? Because he's that sovereign. In verse 36, it says, Now the Midianites had sold him to Egypt. So now we come to this point. He's been thrown in a pit. They go and tell his father. They take his cloak, you know, that beautiful thing that his father gave him and put some blood on it and said, Do you know whose this is? He's like, Is this your son's? You know, he's like, Oh my gosh, my son is, is dead. And he gets sold into slavery in Egypt, into Potiphar's house. But Potiphar's a captain of the guard of Pharaoh. So now you have this moment where he's been sold into slavery, he's thrown in a pit. It's like, look, look, let's go back. God gave him this dream. This wonderful plan and, and purpose for his life, this dream. And, and then all of a sudden, right after that, things start spiraling down seemingly, downhill. It's not going really well. Things aren't going good for him. He gets thrown in a pit. He gets sold to these guys that are passing by. And, and then they take and sell him in Egypt to Potiphar. But then he gets there, and when he comes down, and now he's serving, actually a slave to Potiphar in the house, and, and he's in a place, well, now he's at least in a good house, right? But he's a servant. But even in that moment, Joseph is being about what God wants for him. And I'm like, God, how, can I be like this? Can I, can I do this? Like even in these moments where I feel like things are actually being done to me or against me, 
Can I be about your business? Can I do what you want me to do? Can I trust that you have this all worked out? And God gives him success in Potiphar's house. God uses him because he's about God's business, and he's going to be about it no matter where he is. No matter what he's doing, no matter what situation he's in, he's going to be about it. He's going to be about God's business, and he's going to let this situation help him to learn, to grow. And so now, all of a sudden, God starts moving in Joseph's life and using him, and all of a sudden, Potiphar's like, hey, I'm going to give you everything that you need. I'm going to let you take care of all my house. And in this moment, can you see, like I'm looking at this and trying to pick little things out of it. And in Potiphar's house, all of a sudden he gets this leadership training that he needs, if you will. So he goes from, you know, gathering crops and taking care of family chores and stuff. The youngest brother probably, you know, didn't have to do much work anyways, right? Um, And then, and then all of a sudden, he's sold into slavery, but he's about his father's business. And so all of a sudden, he, he gains this place of leadership, and he's getting this training to lead and to take care of. So my question is, can we see moments like that where something is happening? We say, God, hey, can... Can you just show me how this is going to be some kind of training? In this moment, I see it as a training for his natural mind, his leadership ability, for him to be able to come and organize and lead people. And in 39.5 it says, So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Come on, guys. Like I, In the moment that we're going through the difficulty and we are serving or feeling like something is being done to us, but then we are trusting God and leading, and then the person that is pushing down on us maybe even gets blessed because we're following God. What? And so I don't know if you're like me, but I'm like, hey, God, maybe I'm just not going to trust you and not going to do something good because I don't want them to be blessed. Why would I want good to happen for them? But of course, that's not what we should do, right? Because we're talking about being about it, just like Joseph is being about it. So in this moment, he's in leadership training. He doesn't realize it yet, but God is preparing him. God's preparing him in this dark place for what will be shown in the light someday. So things are going good. You know, you see this story, you're like, man, that being thrown in the pit. And then getting sold into slavery and coming here. Now I'm a slave to Potiphar. I'm a servant. But then all of a sudden God's doing something. Things are looking up. 
Things are starting to, you know, show the bright side of life. And things are good, and, and, and God is blessing Potiphar. And so Joseph's blessed because of that, and so he's taken this substantial place of leadership. And then all of a sudden, Potiphar's wife claims that he made a pass at her and tried to do something, and it was actually her fault. She was coming at Joseph and making passes at him. So now all of a sudden, he's being good, and God is blessing him. But then he's thrown back into a dark place. In Genesis 39, 20, 21, it says, Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. Like, really? Like, it wasn't bad enough to have to be a servant to Potiphar and all this stuff that I've already gone through, and then it was looking better, maybe seeming like God was blessing this place that I was in, even though it wasn't the perfect scenario, and then now I'm thrown not just into servanthood, but I'm thrown into prison. I'm actually locked up. Talk about going from kind of dim to dark. You know, it's like things aren't looking good, but now they really don't look good. But can we trust that God, even in these moments where it looks like it's pitch black, where it's so dark that you can't even see what's going to happen next, can we trust him and be about his business even in that moment? In verse 21, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. Can we see God's hand even in those moments? Can we see God's hand resting and leading and guiding us even in those moments that it's pitch black? And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. (laughs) Because Joseph was trusting and being about God's business, Even in those dark places, God gave him favor and allowed him to be a leader in the darkness. Think about that. Like, God, why do I have to go through this? I don't know. Maybe it's because you need to help people that are there in the thing with you. Maybe it's because God wants to use you in that moment. God, but you said, you gave me that dream. But can we trust him in that moment that we're in right now on the way to what? Because we're like, well, I don't even see how I'm on the way, but we may not be able to see it, but God knows and he sees it, right? Can we trust him in that moment? Listen, in 39.22 it says, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. Look at that. I mean, come on. He had taken and gotten some leadership training because God was using him in Potiphar's house. And now he's in prison, an even darker place. And he's like, well, I might as well go ahead and use what God's trained me in and use what he's doing in my life. And now I'm in this really dark place, but he can do something here. And then all of a sudden, Joseph's basically just in charge of the prison. 
And it's not because of his doing, but it's because of his trust. Because he's trusting God. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Can we see God's hand? Can we see him prospering us even in the dark place? Even in the moment that we're in where we don't understand how we get to the place that he's called us to from where we are. Can we see him leading and guiding us in this moment and actually prospering us in that moment? So then we get to this moment where he's now like leading in the prison. So he's going through this leadership training and now he's in prison and now he's leading in the prison. And he's in charge of everything. And then these guys that are there that were sent from Pharaoh to the prison are there and they start having these dreams and they're kind of tormented by what's going on. And, and he's like, well, listen, tell me your dream. And it's not going to be me, but God will interpret this, interpret this dream. So he's like in this place and saying, God is good and God will use me. And no matter if I get out of here or not, hopefully I do, but God's going to do something great here where I'm at. So he interprets their dreams. If you will, I, I like to think that this is his gift training, the gift that God has blessed them with, right? Because since he was a little guy, he's been getting these dreams. God's given him dreams about what was going to happen in his future. And even though he's been going through all this stuff and it's a mess and it's hard and all these things, he's like, well, I'm where I'm at for a purpose and I'm going to be about God's business. And he allows the gift that God has given him to be cultivated in that moment, in that darkness. And God uses them to help those men. God uses him. <laughs> so he's like, listen, he, he interprets these dreams. One was good, one was not, was not so good. He says, your dream, it means that in three days, your job, everything you had, the place that you had in the Pharaoh's court, it's all going to be restored. You're going to be set back up in the place that you were in three days. And the other guy's like, what's my dream about? In three days, actually, your head's going to be taken off your body, and it's not going to be so good for you. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know, do you think that it was hard for him in that moment to say, like, the one was really good, right? Like, yeah, I want to tell you, you're getting out of here. But will we allow God to use us even to speak the hard things in that moment. And that's why I say it's probably his gift development, you know? That gift that God gave him, and he's saying, like, are you going to, I'm going to use you to say something really good to somebody, I'm going to use you to say something really hard to somebody. Are you going to actually trust me and do what I say in that moment? 
So he does, and the guy that's getting out, of course, not the guy that gets his head taken off, but the other guy that gets placed back with Pharaoh is like, remember me when you get out. Remember me. Okay? He's like, look, it's dark right now, but maybe if this guy remembers me. And for two years, he sits there in prison. Are we going to still be in the place two years? Now, think about this. He is now probably like 30. I mean, you're talking like 17 or so years from when he was sold into slavery. And all this stuff he's walked through, and he interprets this guy's dream, and it really just tells us like, from when he interprets his dream to all of a sudden now it's a moment where Pharaoh has a dream and it's another two years. Do you think maybe sometimes we get discouraged because there is a little bit of time between the things that God does in our lives? Are we willing to wait and still be about his business even if it takes a little bit of time? I say a little bit, but it's actually a long time for, for Joseph, right? I mean, I mean, he's been going through this stuff for a long time. But then finally we come to this moment. Pharaoh has this dream and he's tormented by it. And he's like, I don't know what to do. This dream, it's like, it's got me, it's tormenting me. And I, I don't know what it means. And trying to figure out every different way what it means. And then all of a sudden, his cupbearer, this guy that's with him, he's like, oh, wait a second. There was this guy. You remember when you throw me in prison? When, when you threw me in prison. Can, can we see? Like, I, I'm just thinking about this story and seeing how much God's hand was in every little detail of what happened. He says to Pharaoh, whenever you threw me in prison, I was there and I had this dream and there was this young guy, this young Hebrew guy, he was there and he interpreted our dreams perfectly, accurately, and it happened exactly like he said. And this is how it says it. In 41.12, it says, Now there was a young man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard. And we told him the dreams. We told him those dreams that we had. And he interpreted our dreams for us to each man. He interpreted according to his own dream. God was using him even in that dark place. But we can, can we see that God's hand was on it and with Joseph actually allowing God to use him and being about God's business in that moment is what allowed him to step out of the darkness. I don't know about you, but whenever I think about these stories and these things we read in the Bible, and I'm like, you know, I know God is sovereign and his will is going to happen. But I'm like, well, what if they didn't make the decision to follow him, you know? Like, what if they made the wrong decision? And I know God would work out his plan. And it happens like he says it's going to happen.
So Pharaoh calls up Joseph and he says, listen, hey, apparently you've interpreted these dreams and I'm having this dream, it's tormenting me. Would you please tell me what it means? I need to know. He's like, listen, I don't interpret dreams, but God does. It's not me, but it's God. And God will help you. If you tell me the dream, God will tell you what it means. I think in that. Like he is constantly, even in every season that he's already walked through, in ups and downs and ups and downs and dark places and even darker places, and he comes to this moment now that Pharaoh is speaking to him and he's like, I trust God completely and it's all him. All I am is about God's business. It's not me. It's him. So he translates this dream or or interprets this dream for Pharaoh. And he's like, listen, this dream you've had means that there's going to be seven years of great harvest and bountiful harvest. It's like it's just going to be coming in. And there's going to be seven years of famine. It's just going to come and then it's going to go. And and it's going to be tough. And God uses him in that moment to speak, to be used. And now look at this. It's not to help Pharaoh out. It's to help all of the people out. It's to help his family out. It's to help all of Israel, every person that was in the region. It was to help all of them out. See, I, I think that, that like in these moments, I could think, if I was in Joseph's position, I'd be like, well, I mean, y'all, why do I want to help you out? I've gone through all this stuff. Gone through all these hard times. Why, why would I just want to help you interpret your dreams so you feel a little bit better? But can we see that what God is doing and what God is leading us to, and then Him even interpreting this dream for Pharaoh wasn't about helping Pharaoh, it was about helping Egypt, it was about helping everybody, it was about saving people. Because what God wants to do isn't just for one person. What God wants to do is for everybody. It's to lift every, to make sure all are saved. That all are fed. That all are safe. Can we see his hand in each of these moments? Like can we see that God developed this leadership skills and these gifting skills for Joseph in these different moments, in the darkness. And I love this kind of picture, if you will. Like, I'm not like a photographer, but I do know a little bit about photography. I know a little bit about film. And for you young people in here, we used to have film that you actually put in the camera. And when you took pictures, you didn't know how it was going to turn out. Until way later. It wasn't instant gratification. And you took these pictures, and all of a sudden you had to take them to a place to get it developed, 
And then you had to wait for it to get developed. You know, I'm talking about in the olden days, because I'm really old. You know, you have to wait. It's not like even this hour. Like, hey, we'll have your pictures in an hour. You had to wait for the thing to be developed. And you know, when you develop film, it has to be taken into a dark room and be put through a process and able to be developed. Can you guys see what I'm saying? See, the picture that God has taken of your life, what he sees for your life, it doesn't just come by instant gratification. It doesn't just show up right away, and here it is. But it takes a process of going into the dark room, into the dark time, into the process of being developed, being submerged, so that the colors, the true colors can come out of that negative, right? It's a negative. And it becomes a positive image. In the darkness. It takes the process and the time to be developed. So now we have a moment where now Joseph is leading. Right? He had led in Potiphar's house, sent to jail, led in the jail. Gets to Pharaoh's place. And now Pharaoh says, hey, you look like you got leadership. You were ter- interpreting the dream. You've got gifts. And everything that you have done, God has blessed. So why don't you take and lead everything that I have? Could you imagine if he hadn't gone through the process, the darkness, would he be ready to lead a nation, a country, thousands, I don't know how many people there were, I didn't, I didn't look it up, so it's like millions of people gathering up the food that they needed in the time that it was plentiful so that they would have it in the famine. If he didn't go through the process, would he be prepared for what God had actually called him to? And so now we get to the moment where his brothers come, and it's the famine time. It's been a couple of years. They run out of everything. They're dying. They're starving. And like, we have to go. So they go, and they come to him. They come before him. They have no idea that it's him, right? It's been like 20, 25 years, something like that. He's a lot older. And they come before him. I was like, we need to buy food. It was a long process. I'm not going to go into the whole story. But he sends them back, makes one of his brothers, one of their brothers stay to make sure they come back. And he says, I want your youngest brother that you left at home, that your father made you leave at home, I want you to bring him. It's this whole long process. Now. But the end, it comes back to this time where he says, listen, I'm Joseph. I'm the one that you sold into slavery. I'm the one that you almost killed. But now God has put me in the place to help you in this moment. God has raised me up into leadership because I've been about, he didn't say that, 
I'm saying it, but because he had been about God's business in all of those seasons, because he allowed the developing to happen in the darkness, in the dark times, in the valleys, because he allowed that negative to be submerged and, and to be processed and, and, and to be put through, that processing time, that all of a sudden the image comes out positive and all of a sudden he's at the place where he saw in his dream. And he says in chapter 45, verse 8, So now, it was not you who sent me here, but God. But God. And he has made me a father. Listen. (laughs) He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and the ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Listen, in in this scripture, for some reason, this this is so powerful, this scripture right here. Him understanding God in every single one of these situations that he's been through. And understanding that it wasn't their idea, but it was God's to sell him into slavery. Now, I'm not saying God does all these bad things to you. I'm not saying that. But, I, am I, but what I'm saying is, like, can we trust God? Can we trust that he is leading? Or maybe has allowed. I mean, we know the story of Job, right? Has, has even allowed things to happen so that we can be developed for the picture that he has for our life. And in this scripture it says that now I'm a father. I'm, I'm thinking about this. Not only am I a big time leader with Pharaoh. He says I'm a father. I'm a father, a father to Pharaoh. I don't know, it's just like, that hits me. If, if we allow God to do that developing, to, to take us through those moments and be about his business, not only is he going to use us to do great things, it's like I'm thinking about, not only is he a leader in Pharaoh's house, but he actually is a father. To, what does that mean? What is a father? They comfort like, yeah, Pharaoh is the one that's actually the leader, but I think about that, and I imagine Pharaoh just coming to him and like, I just, Joseph, can you help me? Can you just do this? And like all of a sudden, he is the comfort, and he is actually leading Pharaoh. He's actually speaking life into him. He's actually just doing everything that is, I just, oh, for some reason that gets me. Because what I'm thinking about is like, yeah, he becomes a great leader and he helps the nation. But then God's like, even more, he's actually going to be somebody that the Pharaoh, the highest of the high, actually looks up to and comes to for help. But can we trust God in the years that it takes for that development? Would you stand with me? That's a long time. 
It's a long time of God keeping Joseph, or maybe it's us. Maybe you're going through that season right now, and you're like, I can't see. I don't know what's actually going on. Being thrown in a pit, thrown into slavery, whatever these things are like, I feel like I I can't see how it works out. But I feel God just saying, I just hear God saying, are you going to be about my business and allow me to develop you in this moment? so that we can see the beautiful picture of what I've called you to. Exactly how I took that picture, if you will. Like that picture that he gave, that he took, that he has in his mind. I want my picture to be developed and be processed in a way, in whatever way he wants, so that when it turns out into the positive from the negative, when it turns out, it's exactly like he pictured it. It's exactly like what he wanted it to be. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want for your life. To trust him and be about it. Be about his business so that we see those things fulfilled. And those things come to pass which he has spoken over us or the dreams that he's given. We're going to allow him process us. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.